Hello listeners and welcome to another riveting episode of State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your hostess, Stephen Payton, and the date is the 23rd of October 2020. Kicking things off this week, it's war. The Westminster government is back at it again and has been working on a new strategy to counter the major spike in support for independence in Scotland. Apparently, attempts to push back against independence from the rebranded Scottish office were not particularly effective. Now, a memo has made its way around a select group of cabinet ministers, including everyone's favourite politician who never learned how to clap, Michael Gove. There's actually a surprising number of politicians who don't know how to clap, actually. Maybe their nannies did it for them when they were growing up. So this document, which came from a political consultancy firm closely linked with the Tories, doesn't actually seek to bolster support for the union, but rather delay and avoid a referendum when a pro-independence majority is inevitably returned to Holyrood next year. It seems that our political betters have finally twigged that endlessly repeating now is not the time and that the vote was once in a generation would be, to quote the report, counterproductive. So, how do they plan to see off the entirely reasonable request for a Section 30 order to hold a second referendum? By possibly giving more powers to the Scottish Parliament. However, as we're currently in the midst of a major power grab on devolved power, courtesy of Boris Johnson and his pals, that seems unlikely. The other options include relentlessly attacking the Scottish Government and also putting pressure on the EU to reject the idea of Scotland joining the bloc. Which is awkward for two reasons. One, I don't know what planet the UK is on to think that they can put pressure on the EU to do anything, let alone get in the way of a reunion tour. And two, plenty of European politicians have already stated that Scotland would be more than welcome to rejoin the EU if we chose to. And even if we chose not to rejoin... I would be willing to bet that our relationship would still be better than whatever the Tories have left at the end of Brexit negotiations. Because right now, it's not so much out and into the world as it is tripping over your feet and falling into the buffet table. Off the back of this report, allegedly, there is a group coming together to work on this issue. So we can expect even more from the geniuses that brought us No More School Meals for Kids in the near future. The Tories' goal to get Europe in in their plan to keep Scotland attached to their failing empire has already started falling apart in a very real and non-hypothetical sense. Carl Pugimon, an MEP who was forced to flee from Catalonia following their independence referendum, has already spoken up for Scotland in a speech to the European Parliament this week. Have a listen. Brexit is a reminder that border change, as we all know, Today, support for Scottish independence is a sky high in the latest polls with about 58% of the vote. The future of Scotland is in the Scottish hands and we all hope that Westminster will again give an example to the world on how to tackle with this kind of situations. London needs to show again how a mature democracy behaves. The UK needs to remind the EU that a referendum is something to agree on, not an excuse to put political rivals in prison like Spain has done. Very soon, Scotland will vote again to decide its future. 
and the House of European Democracy must be wide open for their immediate return. Aye, so uh, <laughs> good luck with your wee plan, Boris. And in other good news for the independence movement, the gender gap in yes support has essentially disappeared in recent polls. Recent analysis from Professor John Curtis showed that men and women are now equally likely to support independence, or at the very least were much closer than they were before. In the 2014 referendum, men were far more likely to support yes than women were, but that is no longer the case, apparently. Curtis said that, on average, the last nine polls have put support for yes at 54%. These same nine polls, on average, put the figure for both men and women at 54% too. Great stuff, but sadly no data for non-binary people. Also this week, there's been a bit of a row over a Scottish currency. Remember when I said a week or so ago that we could expect to hear more from the new Scottish currency group? Well, here we are. This week, Tim Rideout called out the author of the Growth Commission, Andrew Wilson, as not having a clue about currency. After Wilson claimed it could take between 5 and 10 years to move to our own currency after independence. Meaning by his estimates, we'd be well into 2036 at latest before dropping the pound. Wilson also said Scotland would need to accept that we don't have monetary sovereignty for the first period after independence, adding, after all, we don't have it now. We'd have all other powers. The monetary policy situation that we have now would continue until such a time that it's no longer in our interests. I would argue it's not currently in our interests. Rideout said this sterilisation would be economically and politically risky, adding it is likely this policy would collapse within weeks of the NDRF2 campaign starting, as the no side will just say we will be like every other country and introduce our own currency. After independence and leaving the sterling area, then it is sterlingisation that is extremely risky. It is absolutely not the same as using sterling within the UK. Because to reiterate some old points, if Scotland wants to use the pound, obviously it can. But that isn't really the same as saying that we should. Anyway, the currency debate within the Yes camp will no doubt continue. And I'm frankly looking forward to it, the massive nerve that I am. Because isn't that a big part of... What makes becoming an independent country so incredible that we can actually look at the systems that govern our lives and decide what works for us and importantly, what doesn't? Becoming independent only to make the same economic mistakes seems to me to have misunderstood the opportunity in front of us. But that's it for this week. With all that said, what is the current state of the union after another week of Westminster failings? As broken as Douglas Ross's promise to support school meals for children. See you all again next Friday.